Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I can just tell the brain's not working right still after, you know, put it this way. I was shirtless on the dance floor at the end of the night. No one needs to see that. (laughs) That's what, like funniest thing was that of everybody at the wedding there was like one person i didn't know that was like put your shirt back on i'm like fuck you (laughs) the following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists discretion is advised the three down green cast is brought to you by the pile of bones brewing company home delivery available in regina at sassbeerdelivery.ca Welcome! Sorry, John, was, was that too loud? It might have been a little too loud, Joel. I'm still... <laughs> I'm surprisingly still hurting from... God, I... Like, during our little preamble that doesn't get recorded, I just realized the sip of vodka I had was the first sip of anything I've had since... I tried to have a little hair of the dog on Sunday. I am I am still in rough shape, and it is Tuesday, and I haven't gone hard since Saturday. So, yes, uh... Let's keep the volume to a minimum, and I'm sure my dumb takes are about to be even dumber because my brain is just flat out not working, Joel. Mm-hmm. Yes, welcome to the Three Down Greencast. Uh, you are listening to the Internet's only Caker Appreciation Podcast. Yes! I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser, as usual. And yes, uh, we will get into the Saskatchewan Rough Riders' first loss of the year. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty much a beat down at the hands of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Labor Day Classic. Um We'll get into it a little bit. We will. I am going to amend my piece a little bit from uh, the post game there, where I was said the uh, the bad, the worse, and the dumb from that game. There, there was, was one good there thing was we something good that we will talk about uh, that we decided that was good from that game, because as yes. they say, it's never as bad as it looks, right? So there was something we can uh, we can take from that. Yes. But as we mentioned, we of course are the Kicker Appreciation Podcast, mm-hmm. and this was of course also the first weekend of American college football. My favorite brand of football, and the chaos was back. You, you, you know, it's funny. I've never, <laughs> I've never watched a down of American college football until I've started getting to know you, and it's mm-hmm. just like more and more the chaos, the fun. Like I am just more and more drawn to it. So I, I appreciate that you still realize how friggin' busy I am with mm-hmm. three tiny humans to look after, and just kind of send me the best parts. And this, this out of all the random college football stuff you've ever sent me, this might top it, Joel. It's, it's, it's pretty good if if what happened is we believe is what actually happened here. So oh, I've watched the replay. I think it is. Yeah, with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter of the game between Mercer and Point, never heard of Point before, which is ironic considering the score of that time. Point had no points, <laughs> and they scored no points. But there was a kicker. They just scored a touchdown. The Mercer just scored a touchdown, and that gave them a sixty-nine to nothing lead. Mm-hmm. So what does Mercer do? Well, they run out for the uh, point after try, which is missed. <laughs> so of course, nice. um, if you're if you want to learn more about sort of the dumbness of college football, I would recommend following No Context College Football on Twitter. Yep. 
Uh, yep. Great stuff. There's all kinds of random stuff. There's a lot of canon, a lot of memes comes out of the, what they have tweeted over the years. So they're kind of the place to see that. Um, so yeah, he just tweet. They tweet the video of this mixed missed PAT, and the follow up is a poll that asked, "Missed intentionally?" Question <laughs> mark. Yes, no, or just nice. <laughs> and all you need to know is that nice was the second highest responded question. Um, sixty-three point five percent of of uh, almost twenty-seven thousand five hundred votes, which is a lot on Twitter. That is a ton. Uh, said that yes, he missed on purpose to make sure that the score remained sixty-nine to nothing. I, I, and I am very much in that camp. First off, that's a nice score. Second, the only the only thing I could see to play devil's advocate is is I have started to learn from starting to dabble in watching college football with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have much more of an appreciation for the pro level kickers because there's a lot of misses in college. Oh, hashtag football. college kickers is very much a thing. Anytime oh. a kick is missed in college, especially when it's like one that should not be missed, it just you can just search hashtag college kickers and there'll just be thousands of people tweeting just hashtag college kickers. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. I've never so, gone I mean. <laughs> to that length, but but so that's the only thing. Like if this was the pros mm-hmm. and somebody misses a convert in an absolute runaway to make it 69 to whatever, you know that it's probably missed on purpose because these guys are pretty automatic. In college, the only thing I will say is maybe he just sucked, but I I have watched the video. Now, again, you sent me this Saturday. Did you send me that that tweet? Probably, yeah. Okay, so you sent it to me on Saturday. I was still hungover from Friday uh, and had probably started drinking by the time I got it on Saturday. I was home for one of my very best friend's weddings uh, back in Northern Ontario. And anybody from a small town knows that you just kind of start seeing people and you just kind of, it's just like a runaway train for two days, right? So I watched this video, possibly with one eye open, blurrily watching it while amongst a bunch of people. And I, I, it just, it doesn't look like to me, like the kicker's got that like oomph when he approaches the ball, Maybe the holder kind of, you know, laces in instead of laces out. Like, I, I feel like they went through the motions. There's just something off about the whole play that I think it was absolutely a team effort on purpose. I like to believe that it was. Like, there, like there's still got to be some good in this world that they would recognize that situation and say, hey, we really don't need to go up 70 to nothing. Right. We have a perfectly nice score right here. Very nice score. So why do that? And I I believe, you know, it should basically be an unwritten rule of football. Because, I mean, the rarity of anyone getting to 69 points is, you know, rare, even in college football circles. Right. Um, so why not basically make an unwritten rule? If you are in a scenario, any kind of scenario where you can get to 69, you go for it. So if you score a touchdown and you're sitting at 67, sorry, you're going for two. If you can score a touchdown... You're at 68, you're going for one. Right. And if you and... score a touchdown, you're at 69. I don't care how you get out of it, you are not making that point after try. Which I would I would like to present one of the greatest failures of the amateur football season anywhere in North America to you right now, Joel. Mm-hmm. The Regina Thunder scored 64 points in a half of football and finished with a score of 64 points after both halves. I would argue that if you that if you get to 64 in one half, you should be able to get to 69. Especially in like Canadian rules where you can easily get ones to get exactly. there. Exactly. Like that's Rouge. just a field goal and two rouges. 
how sweet would a how or not sweet how nice would a rouge for 69 be i think that would be the all-time football kicker here that kicker that kicks a rouge on purpose for 69 might be my second favorite kicker behind sergio that should like, that should get you into like the canadian football hall of fame basically did you see sergio tweeting out about labor day too i did not know i retweeted it twice huh because that's my boy. It was one of his favorite kicks was when he won won the game for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The only bad part was Rod Black was on the highlights of that. I was going to say, though, that this kicker may be rising the ranks of our favorite kickers. Not really, not like competing against Sergio just yet, but all I'm saying is this guy should be on a CFL leg list. I, I, I would agree, only because he had, he clearly has what they would call situational awareness. And you know, see need some situal, situational awareness right now, Joel. Who? Your balls. Mm-hmm. And all of our listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, I'm even too tired to make up something else in the copy. Do we have a pube problem, Joel? I'm not even. I'm not even gonna ask for the space music. If happening. we do have a pube problem, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tool for the jobs from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide, including me and my equipmunk, who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. The code fansite of 20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond. There's space balls, little thank you. Do we have pajama update today? Uh, That's usually how you end these things now, so I was, I was waiting for that. That is usually how I end it, because I don't even have the energy to remember what I put my kids' pajamas in, because they were like... I'm still it, like, it was it wasn't it wasn't Toy Story. That's really all that matters. No, I I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think so. And I'm like I'm almost ashamed that I can't even remember. But they were like real hyper today, so it was just kind of like uh, as the great Sam Jackson book says, "Go the fuck to sleep." Uh-huh. And that even that was a struggle. Yeah, the writers also had a struggle. That's for sure. And oh boy, <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna get into that in a second. Uh, we might need a little bit of. Uh, lubrication to talk about that first though so john as usual for the pile of bones brewing company what is in the glass this week if you have the same thing that i have i think uh like destiny or something brought us together Um, we're just gonna turn off this podcast and that'll be the episode that's it that is that's we're just gonna cold end that's it it's over because i can't see you won't even get no warning sorry jacques archie yeah just boom done um i have actually so while i was in northern ontario for jordan's wedding and basically drunk for three days. My wife and her family went to Drum Heller. So as I was the one having all the fun, I did not expect gifts. I'm not the person that expects gifts. But my lovely wife brought back from Valley Brewing, Brew to the Badlands, the Discovery Raspberry Ale. It's got dinosaurs on it. It is awesome. Uh, real raspberries that are fermented uh, in the can. Uh, I poured it out, and like you said, the taste with the with the fruits is to see if it actually looks like it. This does uh, actually look like there's raspberries in here. Uh, unlike my Lake of the Woods that I drank way too much of on this weekend, uh, only about 5%, and literally my first sip of it, 
was as I cracked that right after I kind of nailed on like last week the uh, the our manscape read. So uh, it's very nice. It's it's that tart. Um, it says it's an ale, but the raspberries almost make it a sour. Uh, very good. I don't know where else you would find it. Probably in Alberta, I would assume, but Valley Brewing. I also have a shirt from Valley Brewing. So uh, I'm full Valley Brewing mode tonight. And this is really good, actually. Nice. Uh, for me, I believe it's a first for this brewery on uh, the podcast this week. Um, I have brought from Warehouse Brewing here in Regina, one of the newer outfits in the city, uh, their Queen City Kolsch. So just another one of those nice, easy-drinking beers that uh, kind of tastes like beer. Uh, they've uh, It's really come along, their stuff, over the last little while. So if you haven't checked out Warehouse in a while, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, the Kolsch, uh, one of the favorites I know from the brewing team down at the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. That's how they kind of got me back into this. I tried it with them one day again. I was like, oh, yeah, this this is really good now. So Right, right. So it's funny, too. Mm-hmm. I had a full spectrum while I was in Atacokan of my beer taste, right? So yeah. obviously I had stopped at Sleeping Giant Brewing in Thunder Bay, mm-hmm. picked up some of their stuff for the for the ride home, including um, – there's anybody from out out uh, out east that's listening to this. Uh, there was like a lime and mint beer from Sleeping Giant, which was really it's one of those you could have one of, but it was really good. Um, so then the next day, invited to a barbecue around noon at Jordan's house, thinking, okay, you're at a barbecue in northern Ontario, you're probably getting a cooler full of shit. Oh no, he had stocked up on nothing but Lake of the Woods and Sleeping Giant, which means of course me being the glutton I am had six before my golf round at 2.30. So I went from that, where it was like really like Sleeping Giant, Lake of the Woods, real great local beers till, you know, you always have that, somebody always has a party between between ceremony and reception. Mm-hmm. Unless you just have a smart wedding like you guys did and just roll the whole time. So we went to my buddy Jesse's house and he hands me, he says, you want a beer? And I said, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, when in Rome. He hands me an OV. <laughs> if you ever- <laughs> but i tell you what joel i drank that ov i like a champ and then i'm I amazed went... they even had that like we can't they the distributors don't even have it here right now oh it's huge still in northern ontario huh. I, I like i didn't know that it was such a northwestern ontario staple that like you can just get ov and the funny thing is 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 again thank you for having me at your house if you're listening jesse but jesse is like sharing the glory of ov so i went back he said grab whatever you want out of the fridge i managed to find in the very back corner of his fridge something from sleeping giant and i oh yeah i was on that like white on rice but for shits and giggles joel i had two ovs and they were just as terrible as you think they are yeah, and uh, that Labor Day Classic was pretty much just about as terrible as uh, any Ryder fan probably thought it was. Can I take? It, can I put my arms up in the air and gloat for a second? Sure. Booyah! Of course, that's because, you know, I wasn't there because the Bombers never win when I'm there. And I believe... You weren't even in the in... province. You're going to have to leave the province every Labor Day now from now on. You know that, right? Or just go there and accept that I'm gonna lose. They're, they're gonna lose, and I'm gonna get drunk and just like hang out in your super cool backyard. I mean, if that's what you want to do, sure. That is kind of what I want to do. I said <laughs> Labor Day. Labor Day is like one of those games. As a Blue Bomber fan, you never expect to win. You just—it's even funny if you ask any Bomber fan. Like, like you can sit there drinking before the game. And everybody's like, yeah, you're going to lose. And you're like, yeah, we 
usually do, that's fine. We're still here for a good time, right? Like it's this like self-deprecatingness of the bomber fans that show up. We're like, yeah, we're gonna lose, but we're gonna drink and have a good time, right? So, uh, I if I that's me when I show up to any bomber game, which is why again the West Final was such a shocker. Fair enough. So yeah, the Riders obviously uh, did not look very good in that game. And I think it's safe to say a lot of fears people had about this team at the start of the season, uh, some of it definitely manifested in that game. Uh, Most uh, notably would be the offensive line play and the ability to protect Cody Fajardo as even the quick passing game just wasn't really working to any sort of degree. And... Yeah, I mean, it was. That's basically all you can really say about that game. Was there was just Cody. I mean, the line held up for the first drive or two. It's felt a little bit, and there were strangely times where there's a good chunk of, I believe, you know, partway through the first quarter into the second quarter, where the Riders were actually doing quite well in terms of you know the field position game that was going right. on at the time. Like if they broke through at any point through that, that might have changed that football game, but they didn't. Because they really, they really could have, you know, done some damage there. Because that game kind of hovered around midfield, just sort of onto the bomber side for a little bit there. They just couldn't yep. quite get that breakthrough play to give themselves a chance. And it just, yeah, it never really came all game. It eventually came for the bombers, as it kind of did in the West Final as well. The games right. were very eerily similar in terms of. No, not quite to the same degree. Like the Riders got to the goal line a couple times in the West Final, and that's really what did them in more than the goalpost than anything. But this, they never really got that close until the end when it didn't matter, which we can talk about in a bit, and why Cody Fajardo was out there at that time, and blah, 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 blah. But it's still concerning, I think, in the big picture. Not so much that they lost a game. Like The Riders weren't going to go 14-0. No one was going to go 14-0 in this season. They were going to lose... And it's not surprising that they lost to a very good Winnipeg Blue Bombers team, who I believe are showing right now are heads and tails the best team in the league right now. I don't think there's Mm -hmm. any question about that. So losing to them, grand scheme of things, okay, that's bound to happen. But the concern is more so that, okay, for two games in a row now against this team, in very, you know, okay, Labor Day is big. It's not a playoff game, but it's still big. In two sort of, you know, big marquee games... They kind of look the same, and that was the two different offensive coordinators. Yes, but I think the sins of both offensive coordinators were nearly identical, right? Uh, The thing that I was surprised, and you and I have discussed it on this podcast before, that that Mm. the best way to get an offensive line into the game is let them run block. Yeah, That means you get to smash people in the face. The crowd's behind you. You're feeling it. I'm sure they had a game plan that they needed to get Cody going because without Cody, this team does not go. But, you know, just look at the rushing attempts right now. How is it that William Powell had yet again only eight attempts? I mean, this is kind of what, you know, Jason Moss has done this a lot. And, you know, that's kind of how Mike Rowley got so banged up over the years. And now it's, it's kind of starting to happen to Cody Fajardo again. And it's like, okay, yes, these guys can run, but should they be running? Right. And we saw that twice in that game where Ooh. there was a hit, one late, a couple hellacious hits he took. The one late, he maybe could have been a flag, but the, you know the one late. I'm more my issue with that is why was he still in the game at that point? Right. Number one, why is he still in that game? And number two, why is he running if he is? Just hand off right. the football. Um, well, 
So yeah, like, and we this has been a conversation on going to the press box. You know, Daryl Davis of the Green Zone is not enjoying how much Cody Fajardo is running, and right. it's like okay, you have William Powell, who's supposed to be one of the best running backs in the league. Use him. <sighs> well, and even you look at the look at the numbers: eight carries for forty-four yards. Yeah. It's not like it was one of those like. I get it if if you rush the guy eight times and he comes out with twelve yards. I get it. You need to move away. It's, it's not happening. But but the thing is for me. Rushing almost works better when your offensive line is worse sometimes because you could tell through that game you have he had Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat just pitting their ears back and coming at Cody. Like as soon as the offensive line, or the defensive line smelled blood in the water, Richie Hall was just sending them, sending them, sending them. Well, they were sending them to the point that every time Powell did get the ball, they were almost behind where Powell was going to be, and he had a chance to actually gain some yards. So. Again, this is just me who's never played or coached or anything looking at that going, well, wouldn't you run a little bit more if if the off if your the defensive line has their ears pinned back and they're just going and going and going and trying to get at Cody Fajardo? So I was surprised they didn't try to run the ball more. Some more draw plays for not Cody Fajardo, I think, would have been very effective in that game because, yeah, as soon as there was blood in the water, those guys were coming and... It was something that we had discussed the week before that this is going to be the first real test for this Riders O-line who was kind of the feel-good story of the campaign so far. And I don't think anybody's feeling good about it. Like, (laughs) against the best defensive line in football, they looked real bad. Like, there was no stopping those guys. As you mentioned, Cody was getting hit and getting hit hard. And to the point, like, I started to worry that especially that one where he was his right shoulder was sore you could tell he was he was favoring that side like it just ah it was it was not a good performance by that o-line and 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 that's where it starts and i know it's so cliche and it's so simplified and and i i was listening i was on planes most of the time i was listening to cjob which had the great uh insight of doug brown i'm sure glenn Suter on the broadcast just probably couldn't shut up about the the trenches and the offensive line and all that kind of good stuff so well, yeah, it's, it's it's I heard it described well this way on uh, the Split Zone Duo podcast, which is a smart college football podcast, not a dumb one. Um, it was uh, the one of their hosts, Richard Johnson, brought up that you know they were talking about uh, one of the games this past weekend, where you okay, you can talk about scheme, you can talk about talent, you can talk about this and that and the other thing, but ultimately the game of football comes down to blocking and tackling. Right, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "We've always talked about like trench play and everything, but he kept reiterating like, it comes down to blocking and tackling." I'm like, "Yeah," and the, the, like the in, in fairness, the Ryder defense was very good in that game. They did all they could, short of scoring. If had they scored a touchdown in that game, it might have made a bit of a difference if they scored it, you know, at the right time. I would agree. Yeah, but yeah, it comes down to blocking and tackling, and I think the defensive line had a little bit of their struggles. I mean, Andrew Harris had a pretty good day. And I think that proves, you know, that, yes, Micah Johnson is a very important part of this defensive line if he's not registering sacks anymore. I, which, think, I think that was blatantly obvious in that football game. Which, again, I, I never try to be yeah. arrogant in, in my football knowledge, but whenever I see people smack-talk him, it just mm-hmm. drives me absolutely up the walls, right? Like, Yeah, but of he, course, overall, the defensive line play pales in comparison to what happened to the offensive line. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like, saying the defensive line wasn't great... 
because they weren't. But again, that's what you're going to happen when when mm-hmm. your most important piece is out. They almost, to me, get a bit of a pass because yeah. he was gone. Uh, and and I didn't think that they were that porous. I thought they did a decent job of holding Andrew Harris in check. But Andrew Harris has that ability, it seems, as a game wears on to, to break out a couple of those big plays. Like a lot of Andrew Harris's big plays didn't come until the second half until the, the bombers were up. Right. Yeah. And one, well, I, I think the defense was just wearing out at that point. Well, that's it. They were on the field like a real long time. Uh, Zach Caleros watching him run around was a little concerning for me as a bomber fan, but mm-hmm. uh, it was, it, it was good to see. So the defensive line, I, I want to give a bit of a pass to, uh, and I just, to me, this is almost like my statement of saying, Look what happens when the guy who you will criticize doesn't have the the numbers isn't there. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying it since since they re-signed him that he's a huge part of that and he sh- you should acknowledge that and it bothers me when people don't when people get mad that oh he's not putting up the huge sack like ugh, he's the most valuable part of your defensive line. So uh to me you're right they weren't good but they get to me they get a pass. It's the only thing that I think I'm sounding the panic button on. Mm-hmm. for this team is that offensive line because yeah. I think the Bombers just, you know, sometimes you see a team start off hot and then it's almost like they play a game where a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator has figured out the blueprint to beat them and I'm worried that the Bombers have just done that to the Riders. They've I mean, just it's, sho- it's possible. That- it's possible to a degree, but I don't know if any other team has the personnel to do it to that level. Right, not to the level, not to the level that Winnipeg did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it just showed that you can basically invite Cody and the offense to go deep, mm-hmm. and they and they can't do it or won't do it. Well, they, they they've it's not that they won't. I think they they've they've tried. They've made a few attempts every single game so far. For some reason, they just haven't been successful at it. I think. Obviously, against Winnipeg, I think the throws were off because Cody was not handling the pressure well, and right. he had he had the deep shot to Kyron Moore there and overthrew him badly. There were other games where there was a few that were a little closer and they just didn't connect for whatever reason. And you know, there's some talk about whether they miss Shaq Evans at this point or not. They bring in Ricardo Lewis to try to stretch the field a bit. It didn't look like that really worked, or I don't really know what's going on. With this whole Ricardo Lewis Paul McRoberts thing, something feels off there for yeah, some reason weird is going on yep yeah but th- that they don't really seem to want to talk about but yeah and i think that's there's two things that they need to do offensively especially in the banjo bowl coming up and then once they get through this winnipeg stretch you know where that goes from there we'll have to see and we'll have to see whether other teams can you know properly de- you know sort of duplicate what the bombers did or not but again in the banjo bowl they of course, we talked about they need to establish William Powell. They need to run the football. Yep. And I think it would really help if they can connect on that deep pass. Even if it's not even for a touchdown, if they can get something, you know, a 30, 40 yard pass to someone just to stretch that field a little bit and make you think about it for a second that maybe this is something they can do today, that would be a big help. Well, well, I think this goes back to maybe the more casual observer is going to see that, okay, the riders didn't want to throw deep. I saw a lot of noise like that on social mm-hmm. media, and it's not that they didn't want to. As you said, Joel, they well, want they, they to. Did, yeah, they it actually, they tried a few. I believe it was against Hamilton. Right. They tried a few, and they weren't successful, but it worked enough on Hamilton for them to back off a bit. And that opened right. up everything underneath for them. 
Well, and I, I found these games against Winnipeg, and, and the reason I say it might be the blueprint, and, and I concede you're right. I don't think anybody else has the personnel, uh, you know, in the front seven that, mm-hmm. that Winnipeg does. Like, nobody else has that kind of talent. But they, to me, it looked like they wanted to go deep. There was routes that, that were planned for Cody to go deep, mm-hmm. and the pressure just came way too quick, right? So I don't know if other teams will have to, you know – use a lot of blitzing or use a lot of different looks to try to get that pressure past this, this rider offensive line. But to me, Cody had the hardest time that he's ever had in his career. And the thing, there was a couple moments too that worried me about Cody. This is the first time I've looked at Cody and gone. Okay. I mean, for one, his post-game comments were awesome. Any, any guy that can just own that he had a bad game, I'll give a ton of credit to like he came out, said, I deserve the flack. I wasn't great. You know, this is basically on me. Right. So, but what does concern me is you look at the couple of the, of the interceptions. I mean, yeah, he was under constant pressure, but you had guys jumping off of either zones where they should have been or routes where they should have been to jump these passes. And the only thing I worry about with Cody is he is he telegraphing a little bit too much right now? Because I mean, he might be. We I mean, we would have to you know really go back and watch you know a lot of other games and probably get access to angles that we can't get access to and just generally regular people football yeah and and i mean <laughs> maybe part of that was just the pressure in his face all night maybe he was you know he wanted to make sure he could you know he knew he was going before he you know because he knew he only had three seconds before he was getting hit i don't know right so maybe maybe that played into it so it, it's it's really hard to say all we know for sure is that this is something they're going to have to figure out because right. I, I think they're still capable of beating every other team in the league. I just don't know if they can beat the Bombers. And if they can't beat the Bombers, then quite frankly, they're not getting to the Grey Cup. No, no. I mean, A, they're your division rival. And yeah, and B, they're somebody you're going to have to get through to get to uh, the Grey Cup. And especially with that element with Winnipeg that they, they haven't had with Zach Caleros, Like, I think I said on this podcast, or it might have just been you and I texting, that I think one of the best things to ever happen to Zach Caleros was the 600-day layoff because of COVID. He he doesn't look scared anymore. I always thought these past couple years with Win- with Saskatchewan, with Winnipeg, he always looked like he was scared of that next big hit that was going to knock him out. He looks healthy. He doesn't look scared anymore. And maybe maybe it's he got some performance enhancers from Andrew Harris. Maybe some tra- trace amounts or whatever. But but to me, he, he hasn't looks... been eating the Subway lettuce. Or actually, no, he did have the Subway lettuce in that game. Actually. He did have the Subway lettuce because he had the mysterious <laughs> lower body injury. And man, that, that tweet of yours was... <laughs> I, I was... I love that that actually has caught... That... But for all the dumb inside jokes we have in this podcast, the, the amount of traction that one got in an awful hurry, <laughs> I feel like I'm not the only one that Subway Lettuce gives the poops to. Apparently. No, and, and you could be entirely right. I think also playing probably in front of the best offensive line he's played in front of maybe ever certainly helps right. with his confidence in that regard, too. Right, right. But I, he just, he like, when he tucks it, I remember watching him in Saskatchewan last year before, you know, the injury and they traded him. You know, you watched him when he tucked and run. He was running to not get hurt, and now he's running to gain yardage, right? And maybe Cody needs to learn a little bit of the running to not get hurt because I am, like, I am genuinely concerned <sighs> about Cody Fajardo. And, yeah, and, and, and I think take. and I think in that regard, too, the good move into the spot here where I, I don't – it was such a bad game overall for a lot of people. It was a bad game for Craig Dickinson as well. Yes, I would agree. Because, yeah, I mean – there was the whole rodeo just before halftime, which oh God, was was, oh. was incredibly dumb on so many levels and just remarkable. 
You can read about yeah. sort of the breakdown of everything that happened there, including the hilarious roughing the kicker call that I had to get overturned as one of the most ridiculous calls I think anyone involved in the sport of professional football in Canada has ever seen. A- anyone involved. I haven't seen a roughing and, and like I've, <laughs> I've done a lot of like junior football and I've never seen a call that bad. Like it was mm-hmm. simply atrocious. And I, I apologize because I do have a friend on that crew. Yeah. And he was not the one responsible for throwing the flag, and thank God, because I don't know if I could defend him after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably would have fessed up to that one and been like, yeah, that was, that was a bad call. That's that's fair. That's fair. Because and then, like in that ex- in that moment in time, I gave Craig Dickinson credit because like literally watching from the press box, like almost every single member of the Riders was on the field when they played the replay of that while losing their minds at that call. And probably rightfully so. But then Craig and the staff, you know, kind of shooed them all back onto the bench, tried to, you know, restore order before anything got too crazy. And then he dealt with it from there. But then he he just... And this is a problem Craig Dickinson has had in the past, is clock management. Right. So they, they actually, you know, probably their biggest passing play of the day, they get down to whatever yard line it was. I don't remember exactly. But it was they were decently into bomber territory after a 12-yard play to Kyron Moore. And he should have called the timeout instantly and didn't. And this whole chaotic scene is sued. And eventually they call timeout with about three seconds left. And Brett Lowther comes on for the field goal. When they could have had maybe two shots before that to the end zone had Craig Dickinson just called the timeout. And then later in the game, when they, you know, after the, you know, the, the, the touchdown pass from Zach Caleros to Nick Dembski, Hashtag one play Dembski. That's another. That's right. I, I love, <laughs> the funniest thing was was that was the last text because they backed us. They were we were about to take off on the plane, yeah. so I put my my phone on airplane mode, and then they they backed us up. They said, "Okay, we're slightly delayed," and I so I turned my phone back on, and all, all the only text I got, the first one I got from you was one play Dembski. I, I didn't even have time for <laughs> and I'm like, Dembski got a touchdown because because you know yeah. it's coming. One play per game. Yeah, good for real good for one really good play a game. Yep. Um, the game was settled at that point. Isaac Harker should have been in. And then they're rushing down the field, and Cody Vajardo just takes a hellacious hit on a play where, he sh- as we talked about earlier, shouldn't have been running. No. And shouldn't have even been in the game, quite frankly. And I know no, they I'm talked after the game that, you know, Cody wants to stay out there, and they're, he's their quarterback, and they felt they could still score a touchdown, recover the onside kick, blah, 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 whatever. Can you please just learn from the clock management and from this for a change? And if you're in this scenario again, don't put him out there. Just don't put him out there to take that hit. Well, that's all right. This is this is two games now that that, and again in the blowout against Hamilton, Cody staying in there early season. I like Hamilton was not getting at him. I no. was almost okay with it. I'm I, I'm with you. We there was there was some. talk from some people thinking maybe they should have been in Harker sooner, just to either a give Cody a break or b you know try something different. Right, right. I don't but know if was... I I don't know if I agree when the game was still close, but regardless. <laughs> right, right. That Hamilton game where Cody stayed in, mm-hmm. I still think it's okay because nobody in Hamilton was getting anywhere near him. But this game, like he was getting hit from the early going and getting hit constantly. That is the kind of game you go. You know what? We don't have it today. Let's move on to next week because yeah, he ends up taking that late hit, that late dirty hit. Mm-hmm. And it's another one on your quarterback who has to recover and play again against this Winnipeg D line coming up here this weekend, right? So, I I'm 100% with you. I was floored to hear that he was still in it because I think that was the other text I got of yours, or I got that text from somebody when I had super spotty in-flight Wi-Fi 
surrounded by people with terrible personal hygiene on the most hellish flight I've had in my in my entire life. Yeah, so not exactly the best day for Craig Dickinson either. No, no, but no. but again, he's correct me if I'm wrong. Has he ever been a head coach at any level? I couldn't say for sure. He hasn't at the CFL level until this job, right? And 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 he was always a special teams guy. Yeah, right. It always seemed like like Craig Dickinson is a great football mind and a, a great guy and everything you want to see in a coach, but he has not a ton of reps as as a head coach because he was always kind of a special teams guy because that's where he fit and it allowed him to continue being the snowboard coach right so mm-hmm. i yeah i i hope this is a learning one for him and he strikes me as the kind of guy he's not going to be your andy reed that again andy reed has had a ton of success with terrible clock management it seems like this is going to be the kind of game that everybody learns from my only worry is that opponents have learned from it a lot as well. And now the riders have bled their own blood and now everybody knows how to make them bleed. I mean, that happens to every team at some point too, though. Right. Absolutely. Right. And because, I mean, it's like any player, you know, it's like a, like a lot of players that come into the CFL, a lot of quarterbacks that come into professional football, they have a good run for a while. Teams adjust to you. And that's when we find out whether you're good or not. And that's basically where we're at with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders now is okay. You got punched in the mouth. The, you know, the book is out as alleged could be out on you now. How do you adjust and how do you go from there? If they come back and they win the Banjo Bowl, then they're a good team. Even if they, even if they come back and lose the Banjo Bowl and kind of go on from there, but adjust and get better. Right. They're a good team. They might not be the number one team in the West. I think if they lose the Banjo Bowl, they're probably destined to finish second in the West. Yeah, well, yeah, that's almost a certainty. Yeah. Like that. So I don't, I'm not saying it's must win, but if you want to finish first in the West, it's basically must win at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is, too, with the rest of the Labor Day results is Saskatchewan, even if they are to lose the Banjo Bowl, mm-hmm. even if Edmonton wins, you know, the, the rematch between them and Calgary, they're still very much so in the driver's seat for a home playoff game. But mm-hmm. you're right. I think I think you can throw first place out the window considering, to, you know, Winnipeg would then be perfect against their own division and then four and two wins up on their biggest rival because – because again, I know the CFL uses points, but that's just pet peeve of mine. I, I hate, I hate when they talk oh, about uh, the points. Are the points don't even matter in the CFL? Like I don't know no. why they put the points in the standings. It come the record speaks for itself. There isn't like there's. It's not like the NHL where there's you know points for losing in overtime or you know different points for doing different things. It's literally right. you win or you lose. So why do they have the points anyway? That's well, a whole other issue. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Because I'm glad that you and I feel the exact same way on that. Because because I I was watching the end of the Elks and stamps game when i was back on monday and it's like yeah there's a big two points for the elks i'm like it, it's a win just stop it's a win and for the record it was not dustin nielsen who who said that who is quickly becoming the best cfl play-by-play guy in the league yeah and i mean if if i had it my way the nhl would do away with the point system as well just because I, I i don't think it's necessary you win or you lose yeah, the loser point is terrible and trash, and it just makes everybody feel better they can finish almost in the playoffs. I mean, all points. Like, everyone's talking about trying to fix the NHL with, like, a three-point system or anything. I'm like, no, just go to win percentage. Right. It works in the NBA. It works in Major League Baseball. It works in the National Football League. It basically works in the CFL. Why do we Why right. do we need points? Said we said here we are. I'm standing here looking at the standings and seeing the stupid points column. And now my I, eyes Honestly, I've never really ever looked at the points column in the CFL standings, for being perfectly honest. The only reason I'm looking at it is because, you know, 
you and I are currently discussing it, but mm. no, I'm I'm the same way. I'm all about records yeah. and, 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 and anybody that talks about the CFL talks about the record. Nobody says, mm. Oh, how about them riders? They got six points through four games. The, yeah. No, the three and one. <laughs> Deal with it. So there's an old saying in football that it's never as bad on film as it looked during the game. True. Yes. And so I am going to do a little amendment to my post game piece right now here on the show. Um, and that is, of course, usually I do the good, the bad, and the dumb. Uh, this week I did the bad, the worst, and the dumb. But I think there was a good. There was a good that we can talk about, and it's a good we haven't really talked about on this program before, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh, we've probably been harsh. Ever. Yeah, we've been a little harsh on this guy a little over the course of his time in Saskatchewan since going it's back. It's not Sam Hurl. No, because Sam Hurl isn't here. Um, I know, but that's that's the other guy we just like. He's probably doing real estate or insurance or something somewhere, like every other XCFLer does. And that would, of course, be one uh, punter, Jonathan Ryan. And Uh, it's clear that they are taking a different approach with him this year. And I would argue the band, the sorry, the band triple, no, the Labor Day Classic may have been his best game as a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Uh, just, just as a quick aside, because yep. I, I googled this. <laughs> Sam Hurl's a realtor in Calgary. Of course, of course. There we go. <laughs> I knew where you were going, talking about John Ryan having a great game, but I'm like, you're right, I gotta look this up, and sure as shit, for Cushman and Wakefields. There you go. Calgary's real estate markets. His focus is primarily on landlord and vendor representation, identifying client needs and providing solutions. That's a lot of buzzwords in one sentence. Whatever that means, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, John Ryan was good. And yeah, there was, I think there was one. I don't know. You know, I think the Rouge, I don't remember. Was, it, was he responsible for Rouge? I know there was the Rouge from the Miss Lowther field goal, but I don't remember if he was actually responsible for one or not. Regardless. Um, it's clear there's actually direction in his punting this year. I think there's more hang time. It's a little not quite as strong. So I don't know if maybe the you know sort of the thought from some people is true that maybe in 2019 they were punting for points with him. Uh, I think it's clear this year they're not. There's or and he's de- or he's definitely you know sort of got the CFL game back, the Canadian game back in sort of his right. punting style because yeah like legitimately he had his best game I think in the CFL since returning from the NFL best game in the Rhino uniform and legitimately made a difference in that football game because he single-handedly flipped the field a few times oh I I, I couldn't agree more that was even one thing uh listening to Bob and Doug uh not Bob and Doug McKenzie but Bob Irving Doug Brown on the CJOB broadcast because as much as I love my boy DT I kind of grew up listening to Bob Irving. It's the home broadcast. I, I got to do it, right? I mean, I mean, there's DT and, and, and Luke are so good, but I got to do it, right? So they were amazed with the hang, hang time and the placement of the ball because I think they were kind of sensing the same thing from John Ryan last year, but it's almost like they're not calling him to go for the pure coffin corner anymore, like kick it out of bounds at the five-yard line. It's like, okay, hit this as high as you can and as far as you can once out of the field and the cover team will get down there. And I think Saskatchewan's cover team has been improved from, you know, the last time we saw him on the field in 2019. Yeah, I I think from there, I think Craig Dickinson uh, sort of bemoaned maybe a a little bit of a loss, a little bit of a lack of athletes to do Mm -hmm. that job. And I think they've sort of restocked the cupboard in that regard a little bit, yeah. And it it does feel weird to say good things about John Ryan, but you're right. He was largely responsible for Winnipeg not running away 
with the Banjo Bowl or the Labor Day Classic on the scoreboard. I just cursed it. I said they'd run away with the Banjo Bowl by accident. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, Jacques Cartier. Show's over. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.